You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hello, podcast listeners. Thanks so much, as always, and thank you from our friends at the Morgan Law Group. Dedicated solely to uh, making sure you're not going to get screwed by the insurance companies. That's right. Now, they may not use that language, but I did. They'll document any actions of bad faith by the insurer, and uh, they'll protect your rights and hold the insurance company accountable. That's a good thing. They're not Morgan & Morgan. they got offices throughout the state of Florida. If you file a claim and you don't get back what you think you should, it's not over there. Call the Morgan Law Group. They'll go out and fight for you. Storms, hurricanes, roof damage, lightning, mold, fires, boats, sinkholes, you name it. Give a call today, 888-904-2524, or go to policyadvocate.com. On with Seminole Headlines. It's time for Seminole Headlines, presented by Capital City Bank, featuring ESPN Tallahassee's Jeff Cameron, Warchant.com's managing editor, Ira Chauffel, and senior writer, Corey Clark. Your weekly dose of all things FSU, pistols and pies, starts right now. Here's Jeff Cameron. The Seminole Headlines, 97.9 ESPN Radio begins right now. Yes, still going. Still going in a 2-6 and six campaign. Here we are. I see Ira. I see Corey geared up, ready to roll from Warchant.com. I'm Jeff with ESPN Radio. You guys know that if you're listening to this program. And the hour is brought to you by Register Sausage. I see it everywhere now in Publix, guys. It's everywhere. I've seen it. Every time, I think maybe just because I'm looking out for it, want to make sure they're doing well, but it's on displays when I go into the store now all the time, people walking by, checking it out. I think we really raised, raised awareness in a way they probably didn't calculate. This is a bargain for them. The, the one problem is that now I'm getting like reports, you know, Stephanie, Corey's uh, lovely girlfriend, texted me the other day mad because the public she was stopped at was out of the Andouille or Andouille, however you, yeah. they were out of it. And so I'm getting customer complaints now, and I'm responsible for, for telling Ben, the sausage guy, hey, we need a refill over at the Publix on uh, Stephanie's side of town. So Good, good problem to have, Lyra. Good problem that, to have. That's, to part of, that's part of the deal. That's, ben should have known that when he hooked up with this show, that it was gonna be, it's going to be wildly popular, and they're going to have to start cranking out more sausage. That's, <laughs> that's what you do. you got to crank out more sausage. It's need like Dr. Sausage. Birch. There's lines out the door at Dr. Birch and have been for years. Yeah. So, I mean, this, is, this isn't surprising at all, but crank out the sausage, Ben. A lot of people uh, were really hesitant about getting their teeth worked on, and they heard us, and they thought, well, I'm going to do it. I'm gonna yeah, do got it. to. What have we been waiting on? So now she's got its back ordered, backlogged for days, people kind of banging on the door before they even open. Hey, 5.30 in the morning. Really, yeah. Really difficult. Please let me in. 
I'm not going to say we saved her business, but some people might. Some people yeah. might say that. Might people say, yeah, yeah. I crushed. Uh, I crushed some uh, the jalapeno cheddar uh, yesterday. Stephanie made me some to go along with my eggs. Well, that's what. You can't get better. Can't get better than that, guys. Just can't do better than that. She said that was her fallback when they didn't have the andouille, and that's one hell of a fallback. What so a check fallback it out, option that is. Well, I like that you still have her trained to be cooking you breakfast every morning, Corey. That's you're doing the right thing, buddy. And you make sure you mention it each time, too. Uh, yeah, it was more late. It was more early afternoon. Than oh, okay. Well, morning, that's when you get up. Yeah. That's when you exactly. Get up, so. She waited. She knew not to even start cooking until I woken up. I don't want to wake up to a smell. Corey so, wakes up. So. At, Corey wakes up at nine thirty and is like, "Why do I smell breakfast? Yeah. What is the why? What is going on? I've got another two hours of laying here. What are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> Let's not do that." All right, so, uh, Corey, you made the trek up there. We all watched it. Florida State loses again. Game was over in the first half. Uh, but we no longer go into games expecting victory in any way. We no longer watch games expecting to have nice things. So, you know, tell me about your experience. What was that like? Do people come up to you? Like, I, I wonder about – you guys have made the road trips this year. I've made no such road trips. I'm kind of wondering, like, do people come up, even though it's the time of COVID, they can't really give you the hug that they want to give you, but do they give you sort of an air hug? Do they kind of go, hey, guys, way to, way to hold it down. I mean, I know it's got to be tough, but you guys have really, you know, stayed the course. Do they do well, that? No, but one of, one of the riders that made the trip did say that they had, on the way up, they had listened to my rant from last week, and they enjoyed it. It was entertaining. And he's like, "Are we gonna? Is it gonna be more of that this week?" And I'm like, yeah. "Nope, it's, it's I'm through with it now. I know what's coming. I wish I had a bookie because whatever that spread was was ridiculous. Um, it, it was it ten? Was that all it was? Corey, Corey, you've got a bookie through me, baby. I've got, I've got. I bookie. mean, that just seemed like automatic money. Oh, Florida State's been an ATM, buddy. Yeah. Okay. All right. That just seemed like what? How are they gonna? Plus, you didn't think Jordan was gonna play? He didn't. And then, you know, a lot of people didn't. It was what it was, but uh, yeah, I think again we've had we've been to the mountaintop, guys. You know, we this show has been to the mountaintop. We've been out in California watching a national championship. Back so, back years, we were out in California. So I felt that. So I I don't want this program to get back just for my sake, because I've felt that I've, I've I've watched that. I've covered one. We talked about it for, for twenty four months. We covered that that team. Uh, I want it for the kids. You know what I mean? The players, like Leonard says, Leonard's cut down nets. He wants it for the uh, he wants it for the his players, his kids, and I and I feel the same way. I want these guys to have success. I'll I'll answer your question though, Jeff, um, since Corey didn't. Well, uh, wait, you get, nobody's giving you hugs. No, no, no. It's but the last I hug you got from anyone. I said I'm my, my you can't feel hugs, but you know what people's intent is when they no, start talking. That's but no. that's a legitimate question. When was the last hug you got from someone that do, isn't in your house? What about my daughter in college? I hate to say this, guys. My dad and I had a big hug uh, last time he was in town a couple weeks ago. We had a big hug. Yeah, well, I I, I bet that was nice. It was. was We held it. We held it for a little while and appreciated it. Yeah. Yeah. But you asked, Corey. You asked. I did. I didn't know that was coming. I should have. I'm just going to let that that ruminate for a little bit. Um, But, no, what I was going to tell you is I actually had a lot of interactions on my two road trips to Miami and Notre Dame with uh, players' families. And some fans. And uh, one family member of a player that I talked to going into the uh, stadium at Miami told me they really hoped they didn't get blown out. And then 
after the Notre Dame game, I ran into a few families at the airport and on my planes coming back from uh, South Bend, and they expressed uh, relief that they didn't get blown out. Okay. So that's kind of the mindset of, of, of the family members of uh, FSU's football players right now. I think that's the mindset of the fan base typically. It won't be for this Saturday, but I think for the most part, we kind of go into any game Florida State plays now and say, I hope we don't lose by 30. It'd be cool not to lose by 30. Can we lose by 21, 24, 27? Something less than 30, a number less than 30. And then this week you have to alter that because you grade it on a scale. It is Clemson. You hope we don't lose by 55. It's, and you, it's you keep a, it within 55. Serious question. Do they keep it within 55? It's a, it's a, it's a different race. It's right. not a race to the point total. It's a race to what you're not going to get blown out by. I like where your head's at, Ira. What's the race to this weekend, guys? 63? Is yeah. the race <laughs> I think so. I uh, think if you if you get to the mid-50s, you got yourself a chance. You got a chance to win it? So you'll go if 50, you, the races to 55? Race to about 54-55 on Venable's okay. defense. All right. Well – Let's spread them out and start chucking it around, boys. We got to get to five. Here we go. Just use those athletes out wide. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah I, the spread is what, 32, which I assume it's is the most. Up. It's gone up to like 35 now. I mean, wouldn't it? Yeah. I can't think of a no, What would be the number where you would take Florida State? It'd have to be. It'd have to be 50, right? Well, I'm going to give you a And I'm not game. being a – I'm not joking. Like, I'm genuinely asking because I think they just lost. Clemson did. They're angry. Trevor Lawrence is back. Even when he puts up 40 in the first half, they're going to bring in that big some bitch in the second half as substitute, and he's going to throw it all around the lot. They're, they're, they, Dabo will have no qualms about putting up 60 or 70 if he needs to. Hold on a second, though, guys. This is what I'm wondering. So behind me, I don't think you can see because you just see the drawings, but there's a board that Tom and I use here in the studio where we have bets against each other, and we have disagreements on the air, and then we put them up on the big board. The last bet we had, I won – because he was he was doing this thing about Clemson, and I said, "Look, man, Syracuse is going to keep this game within 46," and he didn't, <laughs> he didn't trust me. And I took Syracuse plus 46, and I covered with the greatest of ease. In yeah, fact, yeah. not only did I cover, that was an eight point game in the fourth quarter. Yeah. An eight point game in the fourth quarter, and that's sorry as Syracuse. Now, I don't know if we could beat Syracuse, but I will tell you, the same thing holds true here. I think. Clemson gets bored in a hurry. I don't know, man. Are you really making an emphatic statement to recruits if you beat Florida State by 50 again? I, they may I just try to get healthy and get the hell out of Dodge and shorten the game. It's possible, man. But but I think Corey's point about them losing recently and then also the fact that it's Florida State. I still think it's fun to beat Florida State. No matter. Oh, I think it's fun to beat Florida State, too, if I've been on the losing end like they have for most of this rivalry's history. But I still – I, I think I want to get out of Dodge. Not, I just you got to wonder at what point does the opposing team, in this case Florida State, start taking knees? Well, and Florida State might yeah. be primed for a backdoor just be, backdoor cover just because they they do compete, no matter how bad they're getting beat. Like that's right. the rallying cry for 2020 Florida State football. Well, they'll make a goal line stand at, at the end of a fourth quarter. Yeah, they'll they'll score a meaningless touchdown in the last 20 seconds. Those are the hallmarks of 2020 Florida State Well, football. it'd be great if down the stretch we had a lot of games in which we did cover Ira, and it was a late cover so that you could say, we'll backdoor you. Yeah. That's yeah, cool. there's, your, there's your motto. That's the motto. Yeah. We'll backdoor you. Finally found one. That's we'll something that the team could rally around. Brought, brought to you by Register Sausage. <laughs>
How great would that be? We'll back Doria. Shirts as we walk into opposing team stadiums. Careful now. We'll back Doria. Especially if you can give us a 35-point spread. The late 2000s, Florida State had 3 not 7 Yep. 2020 has we'll back Doria. We'll back Doria. And steady staying on blocks. Yeah, yeah. What was it? Uh, blocks we will not. What, what was it? <laughs> on blocks we shall stay. On uh, blocks we shall <laughs> stay. It's <laughs> <laughs> like a Band of Brothers episode. I've Don't tread the, on me. I've got the uh, questions here printed out today. I, I, I even read every one of them before we went on the air. Very thorough today, guys. Oh, okay. All right. And, and we actually have a hashtag uh, of on blocks we uh, on blocks we shall stay. I think. Um, okay. Good. Yeah, yeah. So it's good. It's good. Although I'll be honest, I thought, and that that's where this program is right now. That I thought the defense, the defensive line, actually played pretty well in that game. They got a push. You could see an actual surge. They made Hawkman move around a little bit. Of course, he was Steve Young. I say that because he's left-handed and white. Yeah, I know. I, we got it. You understand. Um, but he, you know, they made him move around. They they affected him. I thought not to a great degree, but they did. I, I thought. As weird as it is, because you were in a, it was a game that he was 17 of 20 in the first half, and what you were down 35 to nine in the fourth quarter. I thought at least it was a defensive effort that you know they tried up front. You know they tried. They they I thought some of those guys played hard, and I thought some of them played well. Yeah, I mean it was it, it seemed closer to like the the way they played against North Carolina. Just the North Carolina schools bring it out. Yeah, they do. This, yeah, this Florida State back pass rush. You think Mac Brown continues to look at that game and thinks, "What in the hell?" Yeah. How in the world does everybody beat Florida State by a thousand? And I went in there and lost to my alma mater again to achieve the Platinum Bohica. I mean, zero and ten in his lifetime. Everybody but Jacksonville State beats Florida State like a drum, and yeah. he couldn't get it done. Well, Georgia Tech's got to be wondering, like, what, what? What happened that day? Why did we only beat them by three? Well, the other thing is like like Mike Norvell's got to be wondering what like what he did to deserve some of the things he deserved. I mean, Jeff Sims played out of his mind compared to the what he's done the rest of the season. Yeah, the Kenny Kenny Pickett guy misses a month, shows up in time to play Florida State. Uh, they have to play the Hawkins kid for Louisville. Then two weeks later, he opts out. He opts out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, can some of this work out? Mike Norvell's favor at some point. At nope. some point. Not this year. Not I this mean, if you're put, if you're, if you're, an NFL, if you're an NFL prospect trying to put something on film, you wait till you play Florida State to opt out. Then, then you opt out. Then, then that's the time play. to piece it out. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Seminole headlines. I did Seminole. ESPN Radio continues in a moment. Seminole headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminole headlines presented by Capital City Bank returns now on 97.9 ESPN Radio. Yeah, so to Corey's point, I do think they played a little bit better. The bar is so low right now that you can lose convincingly to middling ACC teams and find solace uh, and effort. But the bottom line is when you're starting from the bottom and you're gutting the roster and you're trying to instill a new culture and get everybody to get on board and play together for one another and buy into this new way of um, competing and believing, uh, then you got to look for those signs. And I see Florida State – uh, with you know so much youth, it's all freshmen out there. I mean, good lord, you start a game with a true freshman at quarterback behind four freshman offensive linemen. Nobody's going to win a game like that. I don't care if you're in the MAC; you're not winning games like that. So you really do lower the bar and just gauge whether or not you got guys who are all in, still fighting, 
playing for one another? And do they show signs that they could be something to build on? Are there a few players where you go, okay, that could be uh, uh, an upper echelon caliber player in the ACC by the time he's a junior or by the time he's a senior? Because you're not even really playing for next year either. Uh, you're playing for what is this future in two years? What are they in three years? And do we have guys that are part of the program right now that are going to be part of the solution then? And I think you saw some guys who you'd say yes to that question. Yeah. <laughs> right. on, the, on the thing about the, the six freshmen, like that's why I felt weird even asking Dillingham a question about the first half offensively because it's like, I don't, yeah, man, we all knew what was happening there. You had, you know, you were trying to not let Chubba Purdy implode in his first start. You were trying to not have what happened to him or what happened to Tate Rodemaker against Jacksonville State ha- happened to Chubba Purdy, uh, where he looks like he's just completely not ready for the moment. So they kept everything so quick to where literally he snapped the ball and just throw it to that guy if he's open and if he's not, look to throw it away. Um, to where in the second half, they actually had him drop back, stay in the pocket, and make sure, actually make some throws. And to me, that was the most – I didn't know that he – after the first t- two times we saw him, I didn't know if he could be part of the solution, even in the long term for Florida State. And after seeing that second half, I, I think he could. Um, now, I don't know that he would take the – Jordan Travis – um, and I don't think he gives you much of a chance to beat some of the teams on the schedule this year. Um, but but there, he he was accurate on his throws. Like, he didn't miss anybody by 10 feet. Like, the, where he was inaccurate was maybe getting on the wrong side of a guy, uh, maybe behind or ahead or too high. But it was never like he just airmailed a throw, which I think is a good sign for a guy making his first start. And he can move. Uh, he's yeah. not Jordan Travis as a runner, but there aren't many in the country that are. Uh, but he – if you – Look, that, that that last drive, I mean, he showed his wheels. I mean, that those were he he's fast. He, he's I don't not know lumbering. He's, yeah. yeah, he's not. I don't know if he's I don't think he's four four, but he's not four nine either. He can move. Um, he's a guy that I think will get become a better runner the more he plays. The he he kind of there were some plays where it's like, buddy, that probably worked in Arizona against Scottsdale High. You can't this the your your athleticism is it to the degree where you can just run around uh, linebackers or safeties in this conference? They're, they're fast too. I feel like he, he, as the game wore on, he realized the speed of the game, but he still, he used his legs. Well, I thought any, you know, the throw to pokey, if you just break it down from like an arm strength, the lobbing, it wasn't impressive, but he was, I think he has a nice arm when he lets it rip. He hasn't really let it rip much. And the fact that he did keep his head up, when he was scrambling because he had room to run or he had, he, you know, yeah. he, he wasn't feeling the rush so much that that's all he was looking at. He kept his head downfield and saw that kid. That was a, that was a positive sign too. I, I don't know what he is, but I do know now you feel better about moving forward with him either as potentially a starter or at least a, a backup that will play a lot. Yeah, it's so difficult right now for all of us. I mean, I, we're, we're telling people don't go into games with expectations, but people still want to sit down and watch the game and evaluate what they can glean from from this team and, and learn something. And, and But it's hard because every time you start to do that, you recognize just how little time a lot of these guys have had together, especially the more that they've gone with the youth movement. You're just seeing more and more guys who are so – inexperienced, the kinds of mistakes and breakdowns from play to play that you witness, you recognize it makes it difficult to find any sort of cohesive um, gauge. And and I, I I do think that there's a there's he's a plus player. 
I don't think I don't know that we ever will will know this year, certainly, if he can be very good in the ACC. But he's part of your plans moving forward, just like Jordan Travis is part of your plans moving forward. I don't know that Jordan's going to be the starting quarterback here long term, but he's certainly got to be part of the offense. We talked about that last week. He's in, at the very least, he's got to play some quarterback play in a bunch of packages. You got to utilize that yeah. ability to make people miss and run away. We don't have a lot of playmakers on this offense, so he's going to have to be part of it. And I think those two are part of it moving forward. I think the guy that begins to fall behind is probably Tate Rodemaker, which brings me to my next question. Why the hell they put him in? I mean, Norvell said it was predetermined um, that, you know, during the week that uh, I think they, I think two things. One is I do think they like him. I don't think it's like they think he's a lost cause. And I thought the play before the interception, man, he showed some wheels. He showed some awareness. Um, so I don't, I don't, I don't think he's a lost cause. But I, I do think they were they made a commitment to try to get him in the game. And then I think in hindsight it was a bad move because I do think Chuba, yeah, had, would have had a chance maybe to keep you in the game. Uh, with, there was a couple empty possessions with Tate. But um, to the point Corey was making before about. Um, Chuba, that might not work. It might work in Arizona, but it's not going to work here. Like that's the thing. I the the people aren't. I think we need to remember with all of these freshmen across the board, is they're all going through that. I mean, Travis J. Some of the things he's doing. I mean, he hasn't played a football game since last since two in almost two years. And the last time he played, it was against high school kids. Um, you know, same thing with these offensive linemen who are playing. Uh, you know, same thing with. Um, some of these defensive players, Dix and Lundy and Sidney Williams and all these guys, I mean, they're all playing college athletes for the first time in their lives. And uh, that's going to, there's going to be a lot of growing pains with that. Now, the question is, can you see it down the road? And I think that's what, you know, as fans, you have to do is, is try to, okay, I can see how that's going to project once he learns how to wrap up, once he learns how to, or he learns he can't take that extra cut, he needs to get upfield or whatever it is. Um, you know, that a lot of that comes through experience and the, you know, and the hard, the hard, the hard lessons that we're going to have to watch them go through. Do you think that, uh, Dante Lucas makes it long-term here? I wonder about it. Um, I was, you know, I was surprised that, uh, his, he, according to pro football focus, which he whether or not second he, half, yeah. he graded out well, whether or not that's legit or not, uh, we don't know as Kenny Dillingham pointed out yesterday. Um, but I think w- with th- that position, it's one where I think it's, a, I would think the grades are more true because there's only so much to do as an offensive lineman. And it's not like in the secondary where you're grading guys when you really don't know their assignments, the offensive line in general, they're going to have a good, it's a zone block or man block. Um, but uh, yeah, I question it. I mean, he's one of the, there's a, there's a handful of, upperclassman and I'll call him an upperclassman. He's a sophomore. He's played a lot um, that you wonder about. And he's one, he missed the first half, uh, which makes you think it was a discipline issue because he came in to start the second and he, and he was suspended for the Miami game. So that's two games out of eight now that he's either missed a full or half game. And he's, you know, leading, leading the charts in in a lot of the, the crazy penalties. So yeah, it's a good, it's a fair question. And he was immature last year and showcased that. And yeah, you just, you wonder because he hasn't been good. You know, it's not like he's been an all American or all, all conference candidate. And is he enough is, is his ability enough to put up with some of the stuff you're having to put up with? It's literally like a 15 yard penalty every week with him. Um, Some crushing penalties. I mean, that took a first down away and he took a touchdown away against North Carolina. And that game became close because of it. You wonder when, when, when will that light come on for him where he'll become a good player and a guy you can count on? Same thing with Warren Thompson. That catch, Jeff, 
put my man over the top, and it's gonna he's gonna be he's to the moon now, as Ira likes to say. <laughs> to I'm not holding my breath about that, but we'll see. Seminal headlines, 97.9 ESPN Radio continues in a moment. Seminal headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminal headlines presented by Capital City Bank returns now on 97.9 ESPN Radio. Yeah, because these are the things now that we're looking for, right? Which of the veteran players that have played some and been up and down in their performance, to put it mildly, guys that have had some emotional issues or maturity issues, how many of these guys stick around as we move forward? And we're trying to to try to project the roster. How many transfer portal guys are you going to take? Um, you know, you, you, you've got to obviously access that and upgrade your team and mitigate the damage done by a lost season, which is what this is. Uh, you you got to figure out which of those guys are going to be on board with you. I'd certainly like not to lose all those veteran presence uh, or all of that veteran presence. But at the same time, you have no room right now for anybody who's not all in on on Norvell and his staff. You, you just can't move forward with him. So you'd, you'd rather lose games by a lot like they do every week. And, and reset uh, and move forward from there because uh, we, we saw trying to coddle, trying to put your arm around people, it didn't work. You know, and when you talk, and this isn't what you just said, I'm, I'm, go, I'm pivoting in a completely different direction, Jeff, uh, but I agree with you. Um, but, you know, when you watch the offense uh, try to execute and try to work, you see a, a semblance of something that can work. I, I think these guys know what they're doing on offense, they have nothing out wide. To help them at all, um, you know, there's the play. Keyshawn somehow doesn't get that first down on the first drive. I mean, that's a well-designed play. It's third and eight. You, you, he's got three blockers on three defenders. He literally runs into the butt of his blocker and comes up a yard short. Pokey catches a similar pass on like a third and seven and gets six yards. Um, catches it to twenty-three, gets tackled to the twenty-four. They. They have some plays where if they can get some dudes that can make plays, like everybody does against Florida State, makes got actually break tackles and, and turn a six-yard gain into a 50-yard gain, I think there's a – I like what they do. I like what they can do on offense. I, I think there's a chance next year they can be decent on offense if they get some dudes in the transfer portal or if somehow these freshmen take huge steps. But I, why would we think these freshmen are going to take huge steps – Williamson and Port, Portier can't get on the field. So next year will be their freshman years again. Like what if they're if they were good enough to like make an impact, wouldn't they be on the field right now? Yeah, but I actually look at it kind of the opposite, Corey. I think that I think the getting the playmaker type guys is probably two years down the road. I think what what they need for next year more or what's more likely for next year is getting better quarterback play. Whether that's Chuba having a full year, but don't yeah, don't you think or Jordan having a full year, like or none, Jordan none, having yeah, you know what I mean? I like neither one of those guys got any practice time or prep time. I that's, think they'll be good at quarterback or better. I think true. they'll be better at quarterback. But that's also true of the receivers, Corey. Yeah. A lot of those guys didn't get any time either. That's what I'm saying. So I think that the execution, uh, you're, right. what you're looking for, is the execution is going to be so much better. And that's the thing I said yesterday on Jeff's show, three to six Monday to Friday. It's still going Tallahassee. Why don't you ever, do you ever think about having Ira on for the full show? No. Just just a chunk of 15 minutes, huh? Still, this whole... 15 minutes, yep. Not, and not always 15. Sometimes. We're, we're, sometimes it's 12, sometimes it's 20, sometimes it's 8. What was it yesterday? I think we went we, we pretty long, Ira, didn't we? Do well, we had, had a little NBA draft to talk about. Yeah, well, we cool, that's right. That. Something yeah. positive. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, what, what I was saying is, like, to me, 
like what you're hoping for next year is remember like the first couple of years under Jimbo when the, you know, the, the seven yards slant Serato ends over and over and over. And yeah. you're just, it's just like, you know, six yards from Man, what Thomas. this team wouldn't give for a Rod Owens, but you know, but then you, but then yeah. a couple of years later, but then a couple of years later, Rod Owens becomes Rashad green, you know, well, and, yeah. and Greg right. Carr becomes Kelvin Benjamin. So, I mean, I just <laughs> think you, and I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm just saying, but like, that's the path is to get better quarterback play, somebody to play like ponder or somebody, you know, where they're, they're operating the offense the way it needs to be operated. Right. And, and you're just kind of putting together those 11 play drives. And then you can go out and get the guys who can start having, you can have the two play drives or the three play drives. Um, but I, I just think that's the way, but the key, the problem they've had this year, in my opinion, is just not having a quarterback that has been in the system and really knows what they're doing to really operate. It was smoke and mirrors with, with Jordan Travis just because he's so dynamic as a runner. But to the point you guys made earlier, like the reason I, I like Jordan maybe as a slash role next year is because I just don't think he can take the he'll I don't think he'll ever be at the point where he could take the punishment to where he can play 70 snaps a game at quarterback. Yeah, it doesn't seem that way. And he also doesn't throw it well enough, not, not from the pocket into window. But even, yeah. And even yes. if that got better, right? Even if that got better. And listen, everybody will get better with a normal freaking year where you get to gather as often as you're supposed to gather and train together and work together year round and do the things that it's really strange everywhere. It's not just here. You're seeing strange results. You're seeing poor defense all over the country. I think they've been greatly affected by not being able to go physical in practice. I also think this defense. For all of its problems, I think it suffers greatly from the looks that they don't get from the offense. And, I mean, these linebackers are horrible in coverage every week. And teams exploit these linebackers every week. But I don't think they get a good look in practice having to cover. Well, and not just cover. The other, uh, and I think, look at who they're playing on the offensive line. Right. Okay? right. Imagine who's playing the offensive line on the scout team. Correct. Imagine the skill guys on the scout team. Imagine, yeah. you know, so yeah, I think that's a very good point. I, the defense does never really get a good look of what they're going to actually see when they play, so, play a real team with juniors and seniors on an offensive line and an, an adept offense, a cohesive game plan run consistently that had been in place previously. You know, I, I don't, it's tough. You're trying to do an entire install. You really can't do that because you've had four different quarterbacks start a game this year. So all of a sudden you're in a situation where that defense has seen just really one small segment of the Norvell offense. You go back and look what he did at Memphis. He catered it around whatever his quarterback skill was at that time. And you see a lot of wrinkles to the offense that we never see from Florida State right now. They haven't had time to do it. They haven't had guys consistently rep it. So, I, I mean, they're going to take a big step forward. Now, they may not be any good next year. In fact, I would suggest they won't be very good next year. They don't have good enough players, and they still got a long way to go and a lot of growth to take place. But I don't. I think there'll be some consistency that we're certainly just not going to see in this year zero with the kind of madness that this offseason was. Not having that spring and then having even an altered fall and a weird – everything about it has been something to the detriment of Coach Norvell and his staff. Again, at some point, we're going to have to see some signs that something's taking hold. It's just not going to happen this year, and it makes it difficult to see it in the future because right now you just watch an unmitigated disaster every Saturday. I feel like uh, on Saturday against NC State, they had somewhere in the neighborhood of like 60 scholarship players available, like mm -hmm. 60. You know, They had people in quarantine and people that have quit the team, and 
What's the number of people in quarantine this week where you call it off? <laughs> what, do you, what, what is that? You know, we talk about the race, the race to 55 to win this game. Yeah, the race. Yeah. I feel like the race is to court, get, getting some quarantine, kids quarantined. You tell yeah. them they have COVID when they don't have COVID. I'm not making light of COVID. I don't want these guys to get COVID because who knows that who they would spread it to. But you can do a test and tell them they have COVID. They're not going to get a second opinion. And then just tell Clemson, sorry, guys, half our team has COVID. We can't do it. You want to, we want to reschedule and, but only, only say it for the ACC championship game. You can play us on December 19th. Oh, you're going to be busy that day. That sucks. Sorry, guys. We'll see you next year. I'm not sure that is reflective of the unconquered spirit. um, (laughs) That the Florida state. uh, Buddy, they have been conquered a lot. (laughs) <laughs> recently they are going to get conquered in a way on saturday that maybe a team has not been well, conquered i, I don't think you've ever i don't think you can clearly understand what it means to be unconquered if yes you're if that's what your takeaway is that these losses mean that they've been conquered okay so it's it's that spirit <laughs> it's not so much the scoreboard yeah correct what you see out there in the physical world is right not what we're talking about okay okay fair Cut. fair can I ask you guys a question? Because you guys have been, you guys were Florida State fans before you got into the media. Jeff, you still, I mean, classify yourself as a fan. Um, why are, like, I'm trying to figure out the, the anger, okay? Like, I mean, I get that it sucks watching your team get beat, but I don't think these guys play, the guys that are playing on Saturdays now, and it's a lot of freshmen and sophomores, it's not, they didn't, choose to be in this situation like they didn't they're not the ones that led florida state down this road and yet it's like i feel like they feel the wrath to some degree of the fan base but for being so bad when they're i mean for the most part they're all trying hard there's a couple guys out there that look like idiots occasionally but for the most part they're all just trying to play and so that anger is weird it seems displaced to me Here's what we're going to do, because I'm sure Corey has an answer, and so do I, and we can talk about it, but it's a great tease, Ira. There you go, buddy. That's a that's great do. You're sharp. You're sharp in a season that's lost. <laughs> Ira is sharp. He's on it. He's throwing teasers out in this bitch. Here we go. Let's do it. Seminole Headlines continues in a moment. Seminole Headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminole Headlines, presented by Capital City Bank, returns now on 97.9 ESPN Radio. All right, Corey. Do you want to go first, or do you want me to go first there with an answer as I to? I feel like I'm. I feel like I'm uh, better suited to answer this question because of the tirade I went on last week. All right. And you guys might have even said to yourself, "Wow, Corey seems a little angry about a team that we knew wasn't any good." Yeah. I think. Uh, I, I don't know why anybody would be angry about Saturday night. You you, you had six freshmen starting. You knew you were going to lose. Your, your best players on offense have been Jordan Travis, Tamari and Terry, and LaDamian Webb. None of them were there, essentially. LaDamian Webb had five carries because he wasn't available. Toa Feely wasn't available. You had, no, you had nobody. So you, I don't know what you were expecting in that game. But I think overall, the overarching point isn't just that they're now 20 and 26 in their last 46 games. 17 and 26 if you take away FCS schools, which is an embarrassing number in its own right. It's that in those 26 losses, they're getting beat by an average of 18 points a game. Some of them have been by 50. You're not just losing. Like we talked about with Florida that year in 13, where they lost games. But some of those games were 23 to 20. Some of them were 26 to 21. These are all 40 to 15. 
And I think that's where maybe the anger comes from. Not, And I don't even know if there's an anger. Like, my anger last week wasn't even directed at anyone. It was just the situation. Like, what is this? We're normalizing a team that might be the worst Power 5 team in the country. Like, literally, I don't know if there's another Power 5 team they would be favored to beat in so, at this point in the season. So how did it get here, and why does it look so bad? I get, But here's, here's my thing, though. Like, okay, Mike Norvell... And his staff have been. Yeah, here I'm not for, angry at him. No, no, no. I, no, no. Let me, yeah. let me, let me make sorry, one. Hey, sorry, sorry. Uh, they've been here for a year, okay, and for most of that year, it's been COVID. Um, these players are being asked to play before they're ready. So, to me, like what's happening right now is somebody went into a restaurant or a grocery store and just went on a wilding spree, just started knocking down shelves, throwing things, spraying ketchup everywhere. That's not wilding. Tip, tip. Wilding isn't throwing ketchup in a restaurant, Ira. Well, if you had to clean up the ketchup, you might oh, feel that fair. Way. Okay. But just making a complete mess, knocking out everything, pulling down the lights, just sure. making a complete mess. And then the cleanup crew comes in the next morning, and they're they're in there just trying to clean up, clean up the like, mess. Sons of bitches. Exactly. <laughs> like people like are coming in and going, "Where's my breakfast? What did yeah. you guys do?" And, hey, we're just trying to clean up the place. Like right. that's what. That's what I don't get. Like people are more mad at Norvell than they are to Taggart. They're more mad at these players than they are the the guys that all quit. They I, want to be able to quantify why this is and who is responsible. And people want to be able to say, this is the cause. Here's the solution. They don't like ambiguity. They don't like nuance in that debate. They don't want to hear about how this all began under Jimbo. It carried on because, unfortunately, Coach Taggart didn't get a handle on it either. Then they, then, they, then you have part of the fan base that's divided that says, well, wait a minute. You couldn't wait to get Coach Taggart out of here and point out all the mistakes every week, and now you guys excuse all those mistakes away every week for Norvell. There's a race element to this, which to some degree there is. But that's not why the three of us wanted Taggart gone, and that's not why all the people wanted Taggart gone, but there are people who wanted Taggart gone, probably expedited for that very reason. But they don't have a clear-cut villain. They don't have the reason, and they don't have the solution. And ambiguity, man, being in limbo in any aspect of your life is stressful. It's very difficult to not know the hows and whys or what the remedy is. We all know that. We've had that, whether it's financial uncertainty, whether that, you know, your job security, all that stuff. There's nothing like not knowing. It's painful. And then when you're told, hey, I don't really have a clear-cut answer for you. I know it's just going to be a while. You're going to be in that state that causes you stress and frustration and sadness and anger for another year, two, maybe three. Deal with it. Now, you tell somebody that. If you go to a counselor and that counselor says, boy, you're a mess, this is going to be a while. <laughs> it may be four or five years before you see any gains whatsoever. Yeah, we're going to have to Hang double up. with me, everybody. I'll see you next week, Saturday <laughs> afternoon, and we'll talk about it. So that's yeah. I think it's just building and building and building to a place where people think, well, what the hell? What Do, uh, do I see any light at the end of the tunnel? And that's not as defined for everybody, right? For you and me, it might be, hey, look, that freshman looks like something you can build on. That segment here looks like it's getting better. Doesn't mean we're going to win games anytime soon, but they're they're getting better. 
And for others, it's like, no, no, man, it's only if we can see signs that we're going to win some damn games soon. And uh, it's just it's the ambiguity. And also the program itself. I mean, again, you're talking about an all-time winning program, one of the best in college football history, the one that's won the most games since 1980. Correct. Going through this. And, again, I, I would say that every every program has gone through this, uh, literally every program in the country, USC. But you, when USC went through it, again, I don't – I don't remember them getting beat so badly by such bad teams. Well, Boston College ran for over 500 yards on them on a Thursday. Well, yeah, night. but they had a winning record that game, and that game rushing. Okay, but that's that again. I'd say that's one specific game. Something crazy happens to this team every week. This team was down 35 to nine to Bailey Hawkman. The week before, yeah. they 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 gave up a 35 out of the pit went on a 35 to three run. The week before they got blown out by Louisville, well, that might have been I, the biggest. I would argue season. this is the most unique season in college football history. Yeah, I'm just saying that from a Florida State fan's perspective, yeah, it's not something they're used to. And no, I no, guess you'd absolutely. rather them be you'd rather them be angry than apathetic because apathy's coming if it hasn't already set in. I would think a good portion of the people listening to this show right now might not tune in on Saturday. I, I why I'm would you do my, that to themselves? Why I would you do that to yourself? I think it would be more painful right now if I were a Michigan fan after all they've invested and the sure. ass kickings they take every week with yeah. one of their own in Jim Harbaugh, who had an established program and coaches holding over and players coming back, and they can't compete. They're not competitive. And right. then you look at and Penn State, same thing. They haven't won a game. Yeah, but no, Penn State's competitive. Penn State's what, losing on. Corey, they're over. They haven't but won a game. Again, they're losing on a last second two point conversion. They're yeah. losing by three points. The, Florida State's not competitive in the with, sense that they're losing by five touchdowns. With an existing culture and a holdover coach who's done good things there already. Hell, he took them to the Big Ten Championship game. Those people are now watching that program maybe go over yeah. for the season. That's how weird this is. Yeah. And they've had and they've had to act. He's got some Jimbo in him. They've had to acquiesce to him, his demands for money, facilities every right. year. But don't you think Penn State fans, they know know what this guy can do they've seen the ceiling for james franklin he's and say he's not doing well this year quite obviously the thing with florida state fans that gives them trepidation they don't know that this guy can do oh, it either right that's the that's the feeling of limbo i was talking yeah. about you limbo's yeah. tough and so it's frustrating i mean you can understand it's fr it's frustrating that your team is a 35 point underdog sanity five years ago six years ago you had the best program in the united states and now you're a 35 point underdog you're two and six about to be two and nine uh, sorry three and eight I, I, guys well, i don't know honest with you they pull out that duke game at the end i'm telling you i just feel it in my blood in my bones big game they've never lost to duke i know miami loses to duke all the time florida yeah, state does not so that's the one we got to point to everybody let's all Positive energy, focus on that Duke game. You gotta get that win. You gotta tell the dead fish to suck it. There's no yeah. way Duke comes in there and wins that game where we go there and lose that game. And Ira and I are going to that game together. We're riding that, high. You just coming to Durham. We may have to I may have to start the Monday press conference with Norvell by asking, uh, coach, I don't know if you're aware that Florida State has never lost to Duke. It's the yep. only team in the ACC that's never beaten the Knowles. So I are you aware of that fact? Yeah, are you, are you aware of that fact? Can you beat them this week? And if not, can you lie about your COVID numbers so you don't play it? <laughs> Listen, I think that after the Clemson game, the first question should be, have you started install for Duke yet? <laughs> exactly. yeah, he'll be like, well, we got Virginia. No, no, no. You, Virginia ain't happening. No. You're not beating them. Yeah. Duke. 
Have you gotten focused on the Duke game? That's a winnable game, Coach. We need to project ahead here. They've never lost to Duke. You don't want to be the first coach in Florida State history to lose to Duke. Right. This should have been a three-week install. They should have been doing it last week. They definitely should be doing it this week. And and, and 100% Virginia week. All the focus, guys, we're taking one game at a time, and that one game is Duke. Duke. Yeah, yeah. We haven't even prepped for Clemson. We're just looking at this Duke game here. We don't even – that Clemson game, whatever. Uh, start the yeah. clock now. Yeah. Oh, what's our what's our scheme to stop Trevor Lawrence? Oh wait, we don't have one. Don't have Who, one. Cares? Who cares? Let's we stop Chase make, Bryce. We have one. What the hell are you asking me that for? Uh, hour number two forthcoming. We'll get to the headliner questions. Shockingly, we still have a group of loyalists that have uh, sent their questions our way, and I appreciate that. We'll have to answer them in a moment. Seminal headlines will take a breather. More next. 